0: everyone and welcome to another episode of Madrigal at the Movies with Rob and Rob. I am one of your hosts, Peter Madrigal.
1: Hey guys, and I'm Rob Federick and I'm just thrilled to be here. No, actually, I'm Rob Federick and I'm (laughs) totally thrilled to be here. But
2: (laughs) Before I introduce myself, by the way, I knew you always do a bit whenever you introduce yourself and I was hoping that you'd put on an Australian accent because I've always been a big fan of it. And uh, I'm Chris (laughs) Tyler, by the way, I'm the the true Australian of of this trio. Filling in for Rob Schulte once again.
1: Um, Chris, so, I mean, now you got to tell me though, what do you rate that Australian accent, man? Because, uh, you're I'm, the true Australian. Uh, yeah. I've, I've always
2: really appreciated your Australian accent because it's not too over the top. It's a lot more subtle and right. it's, it's just, it, it works really well. So I've always appreciated. I'm, I'm giving it a nine out of 10. Okay. 10 out of 10 would be like Dev Patel in that movie where he plays an Australian. I can't. Lion. Of, yeah. Yeah. Mate, that was, that was the perfect Australian accent from an Australian. But yours is, yours is for, close.
0: I was oh, waiting yeah. for this right here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was waiting for it because uh, Rob Federick, he has a great Australian accent. It
1: really does. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad. Uh, glad I can oblige, Chris. Man, uh, I know that you're filling in for Rob Schulte right now, um, but you picked this week's uh, movie, and you picked an Australian one, which is why I'm giving the homage to the accent. Do you want to tell our listeners what you've picked this week? Yeah, so
2: the first time I was sort of brought into one of these episodes, I chose my favorite Australian film of all time, which is Upgrade, which came out in, I think, 2018. It was a nice Uh, movie. Yeah, yeah, loved that movie. The movie that uh, I've chosen to bring to the table today is Wolf Creek from 2005, which is probably top five, maybe top ten Australian movies of all time. There was a couple more that I was considering throwing up, but this one was just... I think probably the most iconic of all the other ones that I was going to bring to the table. So I wanted to to talk about it. And I've got a couple of stories as well, some nuggets mm. that I want to share with you at some stage as well. So Wolf Creek we, is the movie.
1: Wolf we, Creek, we got everybody. What's Wolf Fairly Creek, we got, to, we got to talk about this for a second because like Peter, right? You've never seen this film. I saw it ages ago because we're talking about dimension films, guys. This is the studio that made Scream. Yeah. And gave it, This is this is very much an indie movie from australia that has like i mean it looks great but it, it was an indie film right chris like it's, yeah. it's, it doesn't have like a huge budget behind it you can sort of tell but it works so well for the film i saw it years ago when it first came out like at the cinemas. you see it at the cinemas i didn't see it in the cinemas i rented okay. it i rented okay, cool. it and uh, i remember going being thinking it was going to be kind of like scream and being like way more shocked. Cause it's hella disturbing. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't know, Peter, what'd you think of that, man? Go like watching that.
0: So, um, <laughs> um there's a couple,
1: it <laughs> we'll get into many other the details that I want to touch on, but I, I definitely had to just like see the first bit. <laughs> uh, okay. There's a couple of things I want to address. Number one,
0: it reminded me of, um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre
1: yeah it's essentially an Australian Texas Chainsaw Massacre right off
0: the bat that's what it reminded me of yeah um and I'll get into how I could uh, how I think that the movie could have been improved just a little bit (laughs) but I don't know what it is about independent movies here's the thing okay so this movie looked a little bit like Coherence to me and um uh it was the very cinema verite
1: that, shot. There
0: you go. It's it, it, it it's the handheld stuff that I just, I'm like, oh yeah, it's independent. Why can't you just put it on sticks for once or just have slight movements? You don't have to, because there's a lot of shots that it's not even needed. Like the shots where she is, and we'll get into the meat and potatoes of the entire movie in a few, but the shots where she's like, you know, struggling, like what, where am I? What happened? Okay. That makes sense. You know right. what I mean? Right. But When it comes to like, you know, just kind of standard stuff, I mean, you don't have to, you don't have to do handheld and the opening
1: was terrible. (laughs) All right. But but before we get into the details, this was the first time you'd ever watched it, right? For this one. Right. Okay.
0: Okay. Because, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you why it could have, it could have been way better
1: in my opinion. Okay. All right. All right, are we gonna are we gonna fall into that right now, or do we want to? We can that we first? can wait
0: on it. We can discuss. We can discuss. You want to read the back of the box, Chris? Well,
1: I'm I'm curious to know when Chris first saw it because he's oh, the Australian yeah, and he's picked it. So I'm I'm curious to know when when uh when this came to light for you, Chris.
2: I think I saw it maybe a year or two after it came out. I never saw it in cinemas. I don't even know if it got a big run over here. I'm I, I doubt it. Probably was in too many cinemas in the states. Yeah, it, it did have a pretty big run back in Australia I didn't see it from memory It was a rated R film and that's restricted to 18 plus and I wasn't 18 at the time So I couldn't right. see it in the cinemas right. um, But I think I saw it maybe a couple of years After on, uh, on DVD And the reason Why I was so interested in Watching this movie Was because the director Greg McLean mm. Has also directed me Oh, wow. Really? I have been directed by Greg McLean, who directed this movie before he was Greg McLean, before he did Wolf Creek. There was uh, an ad that my uncle was a producer for, because my uncle used to produce ads. And he brought me on board to be one of the actors. And I heard about this guy, this director, Greg McLean, who was trying to get this movie uh, off the ground, and the movie was Wolf Creek. And I sort of... Got really excited about that prospect because even at the time, I was really into movies, wanted to become a writer. At that stage, still wanted to be a director as well since sort of falling away from that a little bit. But it was a really cool opportunity to be able to work with him and to pick his brain a little bit. So I got to know him a little bit. My cousin, who I was in the ad with, who it's her dad that uh, that produces all these ads. Uh, She was originally supposed to be one of the girls... In Wolf Creek. Greg no McLean wanted her in it, but because she was under 18 and her character got murdered, she had to get a sign off from both of her parents. And her dad said, Yeah, fucking of course. That, that, absolutely. But her mom <laughs> it's like if they're paying, or why not? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but her mum, for whatever reason, and we don't talk to this woman anymore, by the way. And not not for this reason, for other reasons, but still, this sort of tells you a little bit about what this woman's like. She just said, Nah, you're not doing it. And then the next thing you know, and I don't think, in, in her defense, I don't think she was expecting the film to be as successful as it was because it was a really successful film in Australia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the next thing we know, you know, my cousin, you know, has to turn it down. Then this movie becomes one of the most successful Australian films in Australia of, of all time. Wow. wow. So I feel a kinship wow. towards the movie. I I, no. I was really looking forward to watching it when it first came out. Like I said, it might have taken a couple of years, but that was why I was so keen to actually seek it out and to watch because... I I I I know the director.
0: No, that's awesome. Yeah, that's a nice story. That's awesome story, dude. Yeah. crazy, crazy. Well, I'm sorry that for that going song. in on it uh, like I did. No, well, there's plenty of things that
2: I we can get into this soon. Like, I'll, I'll read the back of the box first, but there are plenty of things as well that I uh, I I would have liked to have seen cleaned up. For instance, like I said, like it's one of my favorite Australian movies. Maybe I'm a little bit biased, but uh, it's it, it wouldn't be top three. But uh, anyway. Time for Back of the Box. Do you want me to read Back of the Box? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so here we go. Three backpackers travel into the Australian outback only to find themselves stranded at Wolf Creek Crater. Once there, they are encountered by a bushman, Mick Taylor, who offers them a ride back to his place. Little do the three know that their adventure into the outback would be a complete nightmare after the backpackers find a way to escape.
0: All right. That's coherent enough. Well, here's, here's
1: the deal, though, man. I mean, like, I know you're talking about how it looks like coherence, right? And the reason why is because it's an independent film that it's didn't the, have it's a the ton of budget. Cinema Verite, as they say. Cinema uh, which Verite. You should
0: only do if there's a frantic scene. Like but I do, I do think this, this movie was scripted a
2: lot more than coherence was because no, coherence was 100%. Coherence was improvised. improvised. If but but I still
0: want to ask you that question Was there a script? Yes. Yes. Because it was. I mean, through a lot of the movie, it's just uh, 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 grunting back and forth. I didn't even know any, anybody's name. I had to look up. Uh, I had to look up their names yep. on
1: Google. Here's the interesting part, though. Right, talking about names. The main killer. His name is Mick. Yeah. Which happens to be Mick Dundee's name <laughs> in Crocodile Dundee, right? Oh and God. also. They homage that movie with when I forget if it's uh, which one was it? The, yeah, I, it wasn't Christy when she pulls out the the Swiss. He's like, that's not a knife. This is a knife. Yeah. He stabbed her with a bowie knife. So like, it's interesting because they, I feel like they took sort of, they say it's based on true events. I don't know how true this particular story is to that script or not. The whole thing is that like, they took a character. I feel like that's kind of iconic to Australia and sort of made him into a serial killer. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and like sort of, cause he's quirky. He's a little, he's, it's a quirky kind of a killer, man. Um, yeah. and he's like, he likes to toy with people and stuff like that. So it's an interesting bet. But what I was going to say about the cinema verite thing is that like a lot of the times, and from personal experience, because I've directed a very low budget indie horror film, <laughs> a lot of the times it is the go-to thing to just go handheld and grab your shots and make your day because you don't have money to get Dolly shots, crane shots, jib shots, whatever it is that you need. Like, st- even if you do it on sticks, it's kind of boring. Like, you need to give some sort of movement. Or sometimes you just don't even have the time to put it on sticks. You just got to grab that camera and shoot that shit. Mm. So, um, it's interesting to see. I'm sure. I'm wondering what they shot this on. It seems like it might have been Super 16 millimeter. Uh, it was a I'd million some- dollar money. What? It was a million dollar budget. Yeah, that's low. I mean, that's that's still pretty low. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, well here's the
0: thing for me for instance the first 10 minutes of the movie until they get to the opening credits you know you all know how much i like credits (laughs) uh could have been cut out of the movie you could have just started with like wolf's creek and then go and like that from there on was the the from the from the title card on that would have been a perfect opening i don't understand why you know like we need to see all the car like you know I understand that the car breaks down, but every but that kind of is contradicted because everyone this guy preys on their cars break down or something happens.
1: Yeah. He has you a know? whole collection, right? Well, yeah. The, exactly. battery, the battery dies or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And then their watches don't work too, which I thought was kind of interesting, right? Like all of their watches don't you're
2: work. You sort of yeah, you're sort of adding sort of this surreal sci-fi element to it, which right. I actually like.
1: <laughs> yeah. Even though it's with it, yeah, sort of it was takes away from the
2: realism, I sort of like that added sci fi
1: element. Well, at exactly. first I thought it's it was funny because Peter asked me like, hey, what's that movie about? And I remember thinking because I mixed it up with like another movie. But like I remember because there was that weird. I was like, yeah, it's out in the outback, like in the middle of nowhere. And they get like there's like this experiment gone wrong. Wait, no, that's not the movie I was <laughs> saying. And I was like, wait a minute. But like it did have that weird fucking element to it. Yeah. So like, uh, yeah, I, I just remember what I think is interesting about it, even despite it being low budget and having that low budget look, is that it still sort of executes a pretty intense story. That, ironically, almost that cinema verite move, feel makes it more gritty and real to me. I don't know if yeah. you agreed, Peter, but like I felt like it, it made it feel, feel more like a found footage film in a way than it did sort of a traditional like movie like Scream would, You know? Well, it's like
0: I said before, the cinema verite, the handheld camera. I don't mind once it gets like, whoa, what's going on? That's fine. But, you know, and, and, and don't get me wrong. There are some beautiful shots in this movie. There was a shot with like the the birds. That was amazing. But, you know, I guess one of my main complaints was how disjointed it was at the beginning up until the 10 minute Mark, when they finally wrote the credits, when they finally introduced the film. And then on top of everything else, you, I still don't know anybody's name throughout. Maybe it's my fault, and I wasn't paying a close attention. Which no, I they they, hard, they hardly mention them. I don't think Ben, yeah. uh, I yeah. don't
2: think his name is mentioned until maybe 15 minutes in. Same with Christy or whatever her name is. Like,
1: there, there isn't a lot of mention. I forget the girls' names. names, I forget the girls' yeah. names. I will say, yeah. like, that I just remember Mick because he's the killer, yeah, you know what I mean. And like, he's he's more of the memorable character of all of them, you know, obviously. So mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and the little procedure. <laughs> yeah. And the, that's, I think that's
2: when I first watched it, because obviously as, as someone from Australia, I try to watch as much Australian cinema as I can. I struggled getting into it, believe it or not, when I was a teenager, because I just didn't like the way the accent sounded in movies. And this movie in particular, I don't think the acting's very good. The accent apart from McTaylor's, is, is really rough. And yeah. I think that comes down to, to the acting, to be honest. But wait, um, so
1: they weren't Australian actors? I thought they shot he was, in Australia. It was, but it's, just,
2: it's, it's over the top.
1: Um, and nice. I don't think, that, like
2: at, at times, the dialogue... Are you saying for Mick for the, or for the... Or for no, the, Mick, the Mick was the only one that I didn't mind. I didn't like oh, right, it from right. Nathan Phillips' character, the, the Ben character. Ben. And then when you yeah. go to that first town and they go into that pub and you hear the, 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 the rough guys at the table talking about the gangbang... It, it, it just sounds over the top to me. The, the dialogue needed to be cleaned up in certain spots. So, yeah. And, and that, that's not just the case in this movie. That's been the case in a lot of Australian movies. So it, it always took me a lot to watch an Australian movie when I was growing up. The reason why mm. I was so drawn to this is because I don't think I'd ever seen an Australian film that was as brutal as this. Because the second half is, is pretty brutal. And I think yeah. I was just proud that a film like this could originated in Australia and then another movie came a couple of years later called The Loved Ones which was another movie that I was tossing up showing you guys that to me is even more brutal and that's the reason why I love that movie so much because you don't really see these type of movies come out of Australia or at least I haven't really come across them and I try to watch a lot of Australian movies so Mm. when something like this comes out I just I I kind of grab onto it and I want to tell people about it because I'm just sort of proud that we can we can make movies like this even though you know the first half the first 50 minutes or so the the acting isn't the best the dialogue isn't the best you do have that shaky handheld sort of camera movement but i think the second half sort of makes up for that
0: yeah the second half definitely makes up for it but the and here's the thing um the first one was made for a million and it made it, it made 30 million dollars worldwide uh the second one was made for 1.7 and it only made 4 million so i think that even though this may, this may be like top five movies in Australia, I don't think that the audience was there for the second one. They were like, oh, uh, eh. you know what I mean? It didn't, How many it didn't, sequels were there? There's just it the looked, one. It looks like there's a third one as well. I'm just there's a third a one? There
2: was,
1: yeah. Yeah, Wolf Creek 3. It's in development. It's in development. So there was a second one that came out a couple of years later, right? It was and like then...
0: 2013?
1: Yeah, yeah, a couple of years later. Dude, it didn't take very
0: much money. You
1: yeah, I, w- I don't know how much this one made in the box office, but I mean, if it was a million and it made, let's say, 10 million worldwide, I mean, that's a huge hit for that movie. You know what I mean? That's a $9 million profit. <laughs> so,
2: yeah, I've never seen number two. I have no interest in seeing number two. I think it was the novelty of, you know, setting.
1: Is it this still maybe? Movie-
2: in the Outback, it's still Mick. Same with number three. They they're, they're all,
1: all sort of follow Mick. He's sort of like the Freddy so the Jason. Is room. it Ben fighting Mick? Because he walks out into the sunset looking for him. At Which end. is
2: another thing I didn't like, by the way, about the movie, yeah. the way that it ended. It the ending was Really atrocious. jarring. Yeah. Really, really jarring, especially because yeah. it's not based off an actual character. Like, Ben doesn't right. exist in real life, even though it said in the closing credit uh, yeah. sequences that, you know, Ben was almost...
1: You know, uh, but I'm wondering how much of that is made up, you know, like kind of like I how Texas was Chainsaw, yeah, because it's like kind of like how Texas Chainsaw Massacre is based on they said true events. Really, it wasn't. It was just they took stuff from like Ed Gein and like other killers and mashed it all together. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if they took the same inspiration. Yeah, for I, th- Wolf th- I think that's what did they it. did
2: here. I think the, the fact remains that plenty of tourists do go missing in the outback, and oh, I'm sure. I'm yeah, sure there's been plenty many of reasons where they've been murdered by. For sure, things like that. But when they try to finish off this story, because obviously they take creative license with it, they go, "Okay, this is something that could happen. This is something that could have happened in the outback, right?" And I like. I that. believe but it. Then when the closing credit sequence sort of says, "Well, uh, Ben was detained forever. How for, for how long? Until yeah, for like a couple of weeks. Yeah, the police that he'd had nothing to do with it. Now he lives in South Australia with his family, whatever." And he just, walks off
1: into the sunset with a rifle yeah, to go hunting. That felt I mean, really Nick.
2: jarring to me. I don't think it It was needed. We always talk about when, when you're trying to write a script and trying to write individual scenes, you want to come into the story as late as possible into the scene as late, late as possible mm-hmm. and leave as early as possible. Right. You don't want to feel like you're, you're there too early or there too late. And I think that's one of the things that this film isn't able to do for Peter's point. It probably starts 10 minutes too early and it definitely finishes two minutes
1: too late. Yeah. I, I agree. But I also think that the problem that I have with the ending is that it just leaves us at, like sort of like up. It's like sort of like they just wrapped it up because they couldn't figure out how to wrap it up. Like they just had yeah. to mm-hmm. kind of tie it up together because it's like this brutal murdering spree or whatever. They kill, he kills the two girls. Ben sort of wakes up, crucified, and escapes. Yeah. yeah but he doesn't even get like, he doesn't. He's like even like he's like rounding the killer. He just like it's, gets up it's, and goes. It's you know? like the
0: movie forgot that there was a third character because right. like for for the for the most part they're trying to the two girls are trying to escape from from Mick and all of a sudden after the the second one dies we cut back to Ben and he's just Ben that's his name the guy yep. Yep. yeah and he's just there and he escapes and then that's it I and mean, it's like wait hold on. Did the movie just forget about him? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think happened? it was like
1: sort of like leaving it up in the air that he had died or something, and then it's like, well, no, he's still alive, which is sort of very Deus ex machina type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. You but know then it's, the you thing is, what's... like, he doesn't have a, he like there's no tension. Like, he just escapes. Yeah. And that's Boom, it. Gone.
0: Hey guys, bye guys. I was. Although, scared.
1: although the same like when he
2: wakes up and he you see him crucified and he's got the yeah. nails through his wrists, like. Yeah. i remember that
1: that's sticking brutal. around in my brain for a week yeah, it was, after it's was. brutal it's it, and that's what i'm saying like the film i think doesn't lack any disturbing sort of moments like it is kind of brutal and, and mm-hmm. intense to watch the whole way through when he, this dude severs this chick's spine and she's like helpless he cuts her fingers i mean like i mean it's it, it, they're torturing her at the beginning when and when, when uh whenever whichever one christy or whatever whichever one wakes up here's it. Like, it's always kind of like, Oh my hey, God. And the fact that it's like terrifying that this dude like stopped to like help and then drug them with water. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that would freak me out. Cause I, Hey, I would never trust a stranger like that, but like you never know when you're in that situation, it sort yeah. of becomes a very real danger. And then all this brutal brutality happens. And then when he's crucified and everything, like, it's just, it's intense all the way through. But the thing is like, you kind of want to see some sort of comeuppance to the killer or some la And, and it, like you never get that. Like you just sort of like, well, well this happened. Reason, yeah, the reason why I I, I bring up uh,
0: him like just kind of being there and oh, you know, he escapes. It's a, similar to a uh, horror film I did way back in the day in Texas. I'm not going to name the name. It's not yeah, gonna it was shit. But uh, <laughs> while we were on location, it was just shit. Little <laughs> shit. But while we were on location, the director was all like, yeah. So, you know, in, in, the, in the grand scheme of the entire movie, someone hasn't died. So we need to kill someone off randomly. I was like, wait, you didn't write this. <laughs> this isn't part that's of the script. You see uh... what I mean? So and that's and that's like that's why I'm pretty harsh on some independent movies, because I've been there. You know what I mean? I, whenever I try to make a whenever I do something independently, I, I want it to look like a million dollars. Hence the Rive and Destiny but <laughs> I still time but that's the reason why i like that's the first thing that th- uh, that that stuck out in my mind was oh you know back in like this is 11 13 years ago now oh someone hasn't died yet uh, for a long time in the running in the course of the movie we need to kill someone off randomly that's what this reminds me of it's like oh you know we forgot about oh well you know what fuck it he lives
1: what well i think <laughs> it's know? like somebody needed to survive to tell the tale And I think that it's scarier if it's like sort of like the women were the ones that are being tortured and killed. Like that sort of makes it a little more intense for me for some reason. And because I guess like they're more helpless against Mick. But But then at the same time,
2: while they're trying to escape, you've always got that thing hanging over your head of, well, where's Ben? Is he going to appear at any stage? You've sort of
0: mm,
2: always, you know, thinking about that
1: what I would have done differently in terms of the writing and the tension and stuff like that is make it so that Ben wakes up in the crucifix, like way earlier, right. In midst of them, of the girls being tortured. So you think that as he's like sort of escaping and getting out and stuff like that, like he may be able to find them. Yeah. And you start to pit that hope. where like, Oh my God, Ben, you're, you're going to save them. And maybe, you know, it's, I'm okay with the two girls getting killed and him not able to even figure out where he is. But you create that sort of tension like that at the end that we're like, it's like all thing. And then all of a sudden, maybe you find out he was placed somewhere else, sort of like what they did with Dark Knight when Batman goes to like get Rachel and he ends up fucking finding Harvey instead. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like you kind of do that juxtaposition or whatever and then create that tension. But then like the payoff is he was somewhere else the entire time. He never was able he was never going to find them. And that makes it even more terrifying, in my opinion, because it was like, shit dude all of that for nothing like it wouldn't have been a cop-out it would have been more like ah that's frustrating and it would have made me feel more anger towards the killer in a sense but they didn't do that they just sort of like threw it out in the end and then that was it so
0: well you know you know what is like going back to the year deus ex like there's a lot of cars when one of the girls is looking for a car to get out of there there's a lot of cars and he's in it how did he and this is another thing that and this is the way the other guy died in the in the horror film that i just mentioned <laughs> how did he know which car she was going to get into see in the horror film that i was that 13 years ago that i did that was like
1: shit um, can we Chris, can we that sample the, that shit and just shit. like drop it in <laughs> random places in the new episodes that you do yeah, yeah.
0: the way oh, that, the, the, the way that the guy got killed in the in that horror film Film. I'm going to okay. use the name, the word "film" lightly. The movie mm-hmm. was was the same exact way. He got he got stabbed from behind by the killer, you know, in the back seat. It's like, well, how did he know which car was the, that particular person's, and why would he want to kill that particular person? It didn't make any sense. In this movie, he's just magically teleported into that car, and she doesn't have a <laughs> gun. Just knew. She has a gun. Knew she he, she issues just, issues he just knew which car she was going to get. What? No, and he was there before. Otherwise, she would have heard him open the door and close the door.
1: See what I mean? I'm just like, okay, took me out of the movie a little bit. I don't know if you're able. Like, the thing is, like, I feel like you're able to forgive that kind of stuff in horror movies if the ending is an amazing payoff. And the thing is, like, Mm. this wasn't an amazing payoff. Like, if you look at Scream, there's an amazing ending with that movie where there were two killers and you didn't know, and they and they circumvent your like they 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 subvert your expectations several times in that film. But like there's a major payoff and a connection as to why this is all happening or whatever. I'm not saying you have to connect as to why it's happening, but like give us a major fucking ending. That's like, wow, where we can forgive those little nuances that are like sort of like he's in the car and it's like, ah, attention. But you didn't really set it up properly. Like if he had sort of done something where it was the only car that worked, you know what I mean? Like none of the other like she tries several and none of them start, you know what I mean? And she gets into the last one that actually starts and he happens to be in that one. It's like, then, you know, he would have picked that one. You know what I mean? like kill killer. Yeah. And and speaking of the ending as well, it was
2: funny because when I was rewatching it earlier this week, I thought it ended much earlier than it did. I had very little recollection of the last sort of five, six, seven minutes. Right, Uh, And that sort of goes to show that it, it didn't really stick. It wasn't as powerful as it needs to be like a movie like the vanishing, for instance. Oh yeah. Probably my favorite ending of any movie ever. And that just sticks with you. That makes the movie that leaves that impression on you. And I don't think Wolf Creek did it. I think there were enough things, you know, throughout the duration of the movie that made me want to come back to it and to share it with you guys. But it doesn't have that that ending that really makes it stand above any other Australian horror film out there.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, if I was going to give this a rating, <laughs> um, I mean, I'd say it's not like a uh, necessarily punch yourself in the face movie, but it's like give yourself a light smack because it's an Australian indie film. And, and the reality if is... If you're like, Australian, you should... You should punch yourself in the face, it was made in Australia and it was successful. So, but the thing for me though, is that as a horror film goes, like it did take a premise that had been done before Texas Chainsaw Massacre made it kind of its own way. Like that's, I'm sure a big inspiration. And if it wasn't, well, dude, they didn't realize they were drawing from that. Right. But, but also I always commend an indie movie for getting done, especially when they had low resources, just because, Hey man, it is not an easy task. And they were able to put something together that had some sort of originality to it. Like, I think that mixed character is original enough in terms of a killer that I hadn't really seen before. Yeah. That sort of also ties into like the cliche tropes of what I would see in horror movie killers. But it was cool because he was some crazy fucking dude out in the middle of the Outback that preyed on lost people. And I think that they did a really good job with that aspect of it. So,
2: And you always talk about in movies, you want. The location to sort of act like a character. And that's very much what the Outback does in this. You really feel a sense of dread when they're out there. They're at Wolf Creek Crater. Their car breaks down. It starts raining, which, by the way, wasn't in the script. They had to rewrite the script to reference the rain. It hadn't rained there for, I don't know, like 10, 15 years. And so this just sort of made it as part of the movie because it's, you know, indie filmmaking. But uh, you can really feel that sense of dread. You can feel that sense of, uh, you know, separation Terror. from everything else. Mm-hmm. I the think it does a really successful yeah. job. Isolation is the exact what I was looking for. Thank mm-hmm. you. You really feel that sense of isolation. And then when, you know, Mick ends up towing them and they're stuck in their own car mm-hmm. and they're thinking, man, this is weird that he's driving this like a couple of hours away. Like, we didn't realize it was going to be this far. Right. But there's nothing that they can do. They can't get out to time to stop. They can't turn around. They can't do anything. They are getting lured to this guy's lair. Right. And there's nothing they can do about it. So I think certain things like that yes. are, are really mm. successful about them.
1: Well, that is the classic, classic trope that you need to incorporate into any horror movie. I'm sorry if you don't know how to do that correctly, you sort of messed that up. Right. And something that Chris and I, we, you know, you know that Chris, we talk about it constantly in Carpe Noctum is to like, what is keeping them there? How are they trapped? Mm-hmm. What's going And the thing is, in any horror movie, you want to make the characters feel helpless by trapping them somewhere or not letting them be able to have an escape so that whatever mm. they're going to face, they have to, no matter what, they're going to encounter it and they have to think on their feet. And I think yeah. that that feeling of dread and tension comes from the fact that you 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 can't escape or you're isolated or you're trapped. In other movies, like look like Scream, for example, it's just basically, hey, this is the town that we live in and there's a curfew. It's like the whole yeah. town is sort of like, under suspicion so yeah you can't leave you know what i mean like it's it's all there but in any of those little small situations when they're in the party whatever like they make it difficult for you to leave in any sense you know what i mean and mm. i think that you're right chris like it's it's it, to me that's the most important thing to create tension in a horror movie yeah and i think there's there
2: was plenty of instances that uh i thought the, the tension building was really successful another scene that i want to bring up before we move on is the scene where the two girls jump in his, his truck and try to drive away and then they get to that cliff face and they push the, push the truck down there and then they have to sort of hang on to that cliff edge while he comes to the Looks edge and shines the torch down and I think that does a really good job of, of, of building the tension as well so there are definitely moments where you can really pick out that it's, it's really successful at least on my part, filmmaking and, and, and you know, they're the things I, I choose to
0: hang on to I agree yeah yeah um... <laughs> I don't know. Uh, like the the whole this whole film, I would have changed dramatically. I would have given it something totally. It would have been a totally different, uh, a totally different feel, especially the ending. Mm-hmm. See, for me, the key is the guy. Yeah. Yep. Okay, that's the key. I would have. It's it's a. It, it, I would have made it a combination of, of course Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which would be interesting, but also Secret Window. Oh shit! So I would have made mm. the guy be the killer, mm. and he takes on this persona of Mick. Still have Mick in the movie,
1: but it's really
0: it's really the guy. And when he's questioned, You're he's like oh, it's yeah, yeah. And uh, when yeah, he's yeah. questioned, is like, you know, there's nothing out there. And, and what what happened to these girls? And you know, he's like being questioned. It's like I, I like I, I, we were we were assaulted by this killer, this guy Mick. You know what I mean? And the, no one found him. No one found him. Right? Let him go. And then and and you find out as he's walking away, it would have been interesting for Mick to be walking to the to the sunset, and then all of a sudden it turns into Ben. Yeah. But then that
2: takes away from one of my favorite things about horror movies where it leaves it open ended, where this mass murderer, this guy who rapes and kills women and, and uh-huh. tortures people, he's still out there. And that's why you can have he still Jeffrey is no, he still is
0: free. out there. He's but it, you're you're
2: saying Ben he's still goes back. There. Because he still has to get found by the... Like, if, if you're saying that, that he sort of makes his way back and is like, there's this guy out there. I don't know what happened. He's back in, in town. He's away from the the scene of the crime. He's away from the Outback. So he's been mm-hmm. taken out of his his element. I, I like leaving it open-ended okay. where the killer is, is out there somewhere. There's probably plenty of them. The Outback's a fucking yeah. dangerous place because of people like this. I like having... That sort of mystery at the end. Didn't like how we went off in the sunset and
1: then just, you know, nah, disappeared. Like that was land. Ridiculous. But... <laughs> like he's yeah. like going back to find him or something. <laughs> what I terrible. what I think something that's really effective of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, though, is that like very similar a- aspect, right? You're out in the middle of nowhere in Texas, like in this like fucking farmland isolated. And I don't know if you've ever driven through like the Midwest or you no, know what I mean? Like, I don't think I want to. <laughs> there's nothing but fields out in those highways for True. fucking miles True. sometimes right at like like hundreds of miles and like the thing is like the character keeps trying to escape right and especially in the remake the 2002 remake right they keep bringing her back like the town she runs into other people that are also sort of part of this weird cannibalistic circle that keep bringing her back to the fucking source of danger. So they do an amazing job of like creating like, Oh my God, she's about to escape. She's about to escape. And then it's like, Nope, she's going right back. And I think that it would have been interesting to see maybe that angle uh, with maybe Ben when he sort of gets out of it. And then it's like, he's brought back and he sees the girls or I don't know. I, I still think that the tension of like, pitting them against like oh my god is he gonna escape and go save them and he doesn't make it in time that could have been a little bit more effective but mm. there's something there i don't know man like i feel like I, it would have been interesting to see sort of like an expanded world or if like the gangbang guy away. ends up finding him and takes him back to mick exactly like it was all like it was all that would have been a, an amazing anyway yeah. he's like help help and then the guy's like driving him back and they meet up and mix there or something, and then boom, you end it like that. That's like that's an effective ending too, yeah. Man, because yeah. So and then and it pays off that earlier moment
2: because you think it's going to get paid off, and it never really does.
0: Nope. Right. Never does.
2: Never,
0: never gets does. paid off.
2: No. But I'm still proud of this movie. Regard, like I, oh, I know yeah, no. I know we've sort of been pointing out the things that are wrong with it. I still like it. I'm I'm still. A fan of Greg McLean. I also, by the way, speaking of Greg McLean, one more story for you. He had a movie come out in 2017 called Jungle, which was uh, starring Danny Radcliffe. I got free tickets to the world premiere of that, which was at the Melbourne International Film Festival, and then got to go to the after party. And what was, the movie? was very fancy. It was called jungle. 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 Is that
1: the one where he gets lost?
2: In the jungle? Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe, right? Yeah. And it's based yeah. on a true story yeah i'm pretty sure yes that that rings i saw bell, that actually, movie no,
2: you, that. you did i saw that movie and I it's kind of like it was, it was a ch- very popular because i i haven't heard about it since the day that i saw it it was not good
1: no, <laughs> it was but not good i got free it, food free alcohol all night that night so i wasn't complaining hey no totally fine i i will say though this guy like loves that cinema verite feel like or whatever that movie just drags for me though and like again it's like I think this dude sort of lacks sort of like a sense of danger. Like actually not that he's good at presenting horror. He's bad at creating suspense. If that makes ah, sense. I like that. You know what I mean, like there, he's very good at creating a horrible horror moment where you're like, Oh my God, that's horrible. But suspense, which sort of should lead into that. And in a movie, sometimes, especially like horror movies, like should create a lot of suspense. Do you think for moments, him, that's more about the filmmaking or the writing? Cause he does both. I think it's maybe more about the filmmaking, but I think he tries it. But even then it's like, it's not like it's that compelling in a lot of times not to bash the guy. It's just, I remember seeing that movie. Now that I'm looking back on it and tying into Wolf, Wolf Creek, it's like, it seems like he sort of didn't really learn much from that experience to go up a level. Like it sort of seems like he sort of went laterally with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that movie lost was, ugh, it was, it was rough to watch, not because of, anything that was going on in the movie, it was just like, Oh my God, just take me somewhere. Like, just show me something. You know what I mean? It was like, it was like rescue Don, dude. Like, it was like, where the fuck is this going? Just rescue the dude or kill the dude, man. But like, take (laughs) me somewhere. Like this is, this is going forever, you know? So yeah. uh, Yeah. 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 Sorry. I like, Oh
0: yeah. Rescue Don. That's, that's another, I had no idea where that was going, but anyway, yeah, yeah. No, my my whole thing on this movie would have been like... I would have been content with it being the boyfriend. An alter ego type deal, you know? Yeah, Yeah, it could have been. That would have been very interesting to me. I don't know.
1: Yeah. That's my take. Or you could have gone like the mid-Somar route, you know, where like they get out somewhere and this dude's got like some sort of commune or something and it's just like horrible, you know what I mean? And he just like starts torturing these people and they can't leave and they can't escape or something i don't know man it would have been interesting but way, anyway, bottom line is my final thoughts at least if you guys don't mind if i go yeah, yeah yeah, of course it has its entertaining moments i think they created an original character in the serial killer it was interesting to see the ties to and homages to an iconic character like Mick Dundee in sort of a serial killer form um, and the quirkiness because he does have these quirks and when he speaks and when mm-hmm. he sort of acts and stuff. The but laugh it worked for me, yeah. The laugh, everything, it, it worked for me because it seemed like he would be deranged like that and everything. Um, there were definitely some very uncomfortable moments in the movie where I was like, "It's just a lot for me." Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I wouldn't say it's the goriest movie I've ever seen, but it's yeah. still pretty intense. In it's a lot not of ways. Saw. It's not Saw exactly. It's like I feel like Saw is way worse. But but either Melchized way, another yeah, entertained, you know, enough to to watch it through. Definitely has its mishaps here and there. But overall, I commend the filmmakers for getting it done and having a success in Australia. Man. So that's it. do you want to go next?
0: Sure. Um, so yeah, no, my, my whole thing is uh, I, I I I like what Rob said about, you know, this director not being able to create suspense, but he's great at horror. So or or torture porn, if uh <laughs> we want to go that route because that's 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 mainly what I got from this was a lot of it was a lot of torture porn but there was no suspense it was like uh they go to sleep and they wake up and then oh here we go you know and then half an hour of that and that's it it's over I think that the script needed to be tightened up I think you can lose the first 10 minutes of that movie of the of the film and I think that that the footage that you get for that first 10 minutes could have been a flashback of some sort to find out that Ben is the killer and he has an (laughs) alter ego he's an alter he has like this this persona who wants to kill all these people and then then he's you know he tells the cops oh it's a killer out there somewhere in the barren wastelands (laughs) of the outback and then he ends up living until the second movie and
1: then he takes and more then people. Then you have there. Psycho kind of there where yeah, he's going exactly. to like dodge yeah. the cops and so. stuff, you know, so interesting.
2: Chris, for me, yeah. for me, I just loved seeing the Outback as the location for a horror movie because I've always loved horror movies and I take a lot of pride in Australian cinema, especially good movies. And so to be able to see uh, an enjoyable, because I do think Wolf Wolfrey is enjoyable, to see an enjoyable Australian horror movie set in the Outback and capitalize on that part of Australiana, I thought was really cool. And I hope if people haven't seen it, if, if anyone listening to this hasn't seen it, go out and watch it. I know that we didn't give it the most glowing of reviews, but I think it is important to try to, you know, watch as many foreign films as you can, international films as you can. And one of the go-to Australian films, if not the go-to Australian film, uh, would be Wolf Creek. Obviously, you've got the Crocodile Dundees and things like that. But mm. when you're talking more genre, which is more what I'm interested in, uh, yeah. like I think I think Wolf Creek's where you started. I don't know if there's any other specific movies that come to you, your mind, guys, is, is in terms of other Australian must-see films, but uh, that's got to be up there.
1: I forget what the fuck it was called. It was like from like the, the 90s, man. It was like a camp counselor and a couple of kids get caught out in the outback as well. And they have to defend themselves against these fucking dudes with guns and shit. And they like stab the shit out of them with sticks and stuff. Uh, I What's forget the, the name of the movie. I have to find out. But that yeah, one's I one
0: I think no, think The movie that you brought to us the first time, Chris.
2: Upgrade. That so was... Cool. A film. <laughs> that's easily number one for Australian films for me. For Lee me, that's,
0: that's number one. Like if, exactly. if I'm like looking for, you know, like an Australian film, it's like, oh, upgrade. Yep. Upgrade, upgrade up, all day. But I the only thing about that, on that one, is but-
2: the, the, the accents are American in it. I think it's mm. set in America, even though it was filmed in Australia. So mm. you can't look at it and say that's your typical Australian film. If you want a taste of Australian cinema, you probably have to look elsewhere rather than upgrade even though upgrades the best one it doesn't feel like an australian film wolf creek feels like an
0: australian okay film. gotcha have you been to the outback how is that like what is that yeah. like or yeah like, what, do you, what does it do people camp out there or what's the deal yeah well we stayed at like
2: really small towns along the way so we went me and my family when i was nine i think we sort of drove around australia we, we took five months uh, off school and my parents took five months off work and we drove right up the center of australia to the very top Damn. and then drove or uh, back down through the uh, the east coast and i remember having fun memories of it obviously i didn't have that association with it being a scary place <laughs> i think that obviously helped to have a lot of fun memories for it we stayed mm. in a lot of you know uh caravan does it get parks hot there like that really hot during the day really cold at night yeah because wow. there's there's no protection from the wind or anything like that. So you've right, got those right. two extremes, but there are, it's a, it's a lot. There's a lot of beautiful things to see. Like Uluru is obviously the probably the most famous one as rock, the big rock. That's uh, yeah located in Northern territory there. That's, that's number yeah, one. There's some,
1: Sorry yeah. that I'm interrupting, but like one of the things that they could have added into this film to create a little bit more suspense and tension was more of the elements, like the exposure to the elements could have been a danger to them. Yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? It only is sort of established at the beginning when they're when they get like when their car breaks down and stuff like that. But other than that, like. I wish that they had more of that. Like, I mean, I guess he, I guess he passes out from dehydration. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Ben does when he escapes, but like, I figured i you know, like the dude was just nailed to a cross. Exactly. So, like That's part of it. Uh, that's a big part of it. But that's kind of it. Like, I wish there was more like threat of the elements and, and using the outback as sort of a character, you know what I mean? Like the location yeah. and the setting. But. Yeah, exactly. I just thought of another Australian
2: movie, by the way, that, that is very stereotypical. I think like Mad Max, you can say like, that's, at oh, least yeah. the original one. Oh, yeah. I'm the original sure. Was Mad it? Max. That's like set in Australia, right? I can't even remember. Yes. Yeah, so long, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. George Miller made it in Australia, for sure. It's set, set in Australia,
2: post yeah, yeah. Australia, yeah. So Mad Max is probably that film. That's like probably Wolf the Pink gold, gold standard, right? Yeah, I'd yeah. say so.
1: Well, and I also, man, I'm, I know that it might be stereotypical, but I am a big fan of Crocodile Dundee. I love that fish-out-of-water concept for both characters in that movie, so... Yeah, it's funny. I've only seen Crocodile Dundee
2: once in my life, and I think because it was more marketed towards an American audience, it I was. guess it feels it more like a an American film rather than a Australian film. Weirdly enough, yes. I just never is. really had that interest. I never had that much connection to it, which is yeah. It sounds strange, but I don't know. Like obviously, I know all the quotes and that sort of stuff because of its popularity yeah. in mainstream uh, you know, culture. But like, an you know
0: what's funny yeah. is I've never seen
1: Crocodile Dundee.
0: Maybe that's the next one we have to
1: pick, Peter. Oh, my God. It's a fun movie, dude. It's not a I've bad movie. I've never seen it. It's not a bad flick. It's a nice little rom-com, dude. Really, really good. A lot easier watch than Wolf Creek. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Well, shit, man. Chris, you want to take us home since you picked this? Uh, this
2: yeah, week? please do, Chris. Sure. Thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of Magical at the Movies with Rob and Chris. Rob Schulte should be back, I think, for the next episode. We'll see how we go. But he should be back. Uh, but you know, you'll find out whenever we drop the episode. Make sure to hit everyone up on Twitter. I don't know everyone's Twitter handles off the top of my head, but I'm sure if you search Peter Madrigal and Rob Federick into Twitter, it'll come up. <laughs> uh, follow us on on uh, on what have we got? TikTok Patreon. and Instagram yeah. and all those fun places. But just keep supporting the show. Sign up to be a Patreon subscriber if you can. Just flick us a couple of bucks. It really helps us out allows us to come up with a whole bunch of great content for you guys we love doing the show we hope that you enjoy listening to it thank you for putting up with my uh my movie picks hopefully you know (laughs) i brought a decent pick to the table today if if someone out there ends up watching wolf creek for the first time and they enjoy it that's great let me know because you know that would make me very happy but thank you everyone for listening and we'll see you again in a couple of weeks